up, East High? Hello, podcast. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 3, one minute at senior year, one minute at a time. I'm <laughs> she almost left. She almost forgot it. I'm leaving in the flub. I don't care. I got it. <laughs> I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And today we are talking about minute 32 of High School Musical 3, senior year. Minute 32 starts out with a lovely shot of the Garden Club's, like, primary zone and ends with Gabriella and Troy singing Someone Like You while sitting on a planter edge. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. Yeah. Um, I always get a little confused every time you just start with Hello Podcast. So, like, it takes my <laughs> brain that time to, like, be like, no, he just left off the end there. Which is fun. Yeah, I do it on I do it on purpose. I try yeah, to be like, you know, you know that Seinfeld me? thing where like I think it's Kramer. He tries to like walk in the door different every time in a new funny way. Yeah. I got nothing for you on Seinfeld. <laughs> um, so he's a comedian. He lives in New York. And he's got these friends. And you know, they're likable because they're quirky? funny, but they're not they're not good people. Oh. They're kind of jerks to each other. But so like in a like a New Yorker kind of way. Actually, be friends. Yes, but not like the not like the friends' friends who are also bad friends. Yes. <laughs> Nothing like the gang who are great friends to each other. The How I Met Your Mother people. No, absolutely not. The Avatar gang. Who's the who's the no, guy? Well, that, well, that's a completely different genre, Kondra. Tyler. Everything goes back to Avatar for me. And that's the Boomerang Squad. Everyone knows that's the Boomerang no, the Squad. Gang. G-A-N. But you didn't say the gang. The gang. Oh, also the Seinfeld people hang out in a diner, not a bar or okay. a coffee shop. Okay. I'm trying to the Sex in the City friends, do they they they're bar people, I feel like. That that is that is over the line for me. I, I don't know anything about I, I, I still don't even know if it's sex and the city or sex in the city. In okay? the city. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I say confidently and then take it all back. I just processed that DVD recently, too, and I could not tell you. Anyways, they are leaving the known area of the rooftop, the familiar area, to this new giant roof like this roof yeah quadruples in size very suddenly so it's interesting and we were talking about this before we started recording so when gabriella comes up the stairs which also happened in the first movie is troy's already up on the roof and gabriella comes up the stairs to see him waiting there so it is a little bit of poetry you know it rhymes George Lucas style <laughs> oh yeah we had foot in the drop bolton montez you have a callback <laughs> I thought we already made that and, joke. We made that joke last week. But I put in the drop anytime it's a callback. Okay. Okay. It's a callback to last week when we made a callback to the callback. So, the call, so it's a quadruple, triple callback. Call I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> so. But it would be funny if, like, Zach Efron was afraid of stairs, so that's why they couldn't have him going up. <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah. So, we're, we're, in the first movie, we only saw them in this little structure. Mm-hmm. And in this movie... Like they're in the structure for a while, and then Gabriella holds Troy's hand and starts walking him away, and he goes, "But we're on the roof, as if you can't dance on a roof." And it's like obviously Troy, you're on the roof. You chose to be up here. <laughs> <laughs> 
But he doesn't think that there's enough room or whatever. I don't know. But, but it's a huge yeah, so roof. In a very sudden shot, all of a sudden we're like in a wide shot of the whole roof of the school. And there's there's plants kind of scattered around the roof, it's too. It's cute. That, it's like a light green space. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, obviously, like every building in the world should have either solar panels or plants on the roof. But, you yes. know. Uh, <laughs> Correct. Uh, but it is kind of jarring because you're like, oh, is this like a secluded area of the roof because there's all like AC units and stuff all around them? Or no, it's just a wide open space. Yeah. Like Connecticut to the Madagascar zoo animals. It's a it's wide open. Yep. Wow. That's a deep cut. You know, because every time I go to Grand Central Station, I think about Madagascar. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. And I go. I, I hope. I hope a, a lion doesn't ride out. Doesn't run out into the concourse and have to get shot down by s- sedative darts. I don't. I. I feel like I have a thought process when I go in Grand Central Station, but it's not Madagascar. And then the other one is when that when they're in the when the in the movie Madagascar when they're in the subway train still. The, they have a joke about the the subway conductor talking on the, over the speaker, and Ben Stiller as Alex goes, "Did he say Grand Central Station or my aunt's constipation?" Have you watched this movie recently? No, that's just something that my friend said when I was six years old, and I still remember it. Don't you love that? Yes. It's like that time I had just the phrase, I lost her once, I'm not going to lose her again, stuck in my head on replay (laughs) for weeks, and I couldn't identify it. And then it came to me in a dream that it was Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. (laughs) And I was like, I love Well, honestly, if it took you weeks to place The Little Mermaid, that's on you. It was just that little phrase, though. And it was the (laughs) same. It was because it was, uh, I lost her once, I'm not going to lose her again. Like... (laughs) That was all I could hear. I had no music, no contact, no nothing. I had one recently because I've been listening to the song Both Sides Now, which uh, was written by Joni Mitchell, famous version done by Judy Collins, and maybe another one or two famous versions done throughout the years. But uh, it's a song that goes, I've looked at clouds from both sides now, from up and down, and still somehow it's Clouds Illusions, I recall. Um, but anyway, I just kept imagining it from like a political commentator's like voice, you know, like, you know, I've looked at clouds from both sides now from up and down and still somehow like <laughs> 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 just like that. I just like anytime I heard the song because I was like hyper focused on the song that I'd be hearing the song, but I'd be hearing that in my head. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> How tragic, though, because it's a very poetic thought, and then to put that harsh <laughs> angle on it, oh, no. Just the phrase both sides is so yeah. evocative oh, in today's day and age. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so Gabriella is, like, looking around the roof, like, looking, I guess, for a place to dance, but it's kind of weird yeah. that she's like she's, like, going to this very specific spot. It's like, okay, I know why she's doing that because, like, the way the cameras are set up and what have you and, like, the rest of the choreography in this space. But also, it's super random. (laughs) Much like the lemurs in Madagascar, she likes to move it, move it. Indeed. (laughs) Thank you for bringing that back. King Julian is something I do not forget. I remember King Julian. Oh, you know what? Um, 
Um, what's his name from Friends plays Melman the giraffe uh, in Madagascar? Yeah. The one that plays Ro- Ross's ben, name. Ben. Nope. Schwartz? Nope. Ben Schwartz is is Sonic. Oh, Ben Schwartz, I just saw. I worked his show a couple weeks David ago. David Schwimmer. There you, we go. You, you knew that there was an SCHW, <laughs> which is a wild pull. <laughs> My brain is bad, but it can be okay sometimes. Um, yeah, he is the director. No, it got me there. It was enough to get me the name. <laughs> um, I still haven't seen Sonic yet. Sonic, yeah, you know, the Sonic movies are about as good as they could possibly be. There's no human teeth in them, which is really all I need, knowing there's no yeah. human teeth. And it does. It has James Marsden. I do love James Marsden. He's Sonic's dad. Like, what more could you want? <laughs> Him to sing? True. He does not sing. Sad. So, yeah, um... <laughs> The so other, they're dancing on the roof. They're, dan- they're dancing on the roof. Wait, no. Before we go, before we move on from Madagascar, I am enjoying that <laughs> new little video clip that's got the penguins dancing, and it matches any 125 BPM song. So, like watching <laughs> them this. dance to club dances is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I've been the very Madagascar much. Madagascar franchise is so wild. It's wild, literally. Just like and a thing that's somehow connected with kids. And like because so it's DreamWorks, they're like they're not willing to let it no. stay in the past. Like keep bringing it back. Any any little bit of money that we can make from this is going to get squeezed out. But if you think of it, so Madagascar is having this meme moment right now, and Shrek it's been is having also- meme moments for a long time. No, but that's the thing. Like Disney does not pull the meme power the way DreamWorks does. I mean, you have the B movie, which is the ultimate meme movie, and Shrek. I was I was gonna say Shrek is the ultimate meme movie, but slightly the over the B movie, but B- <laughs> but the B movie, you could quote the beginning of the B movie to people completely out of context, like they would know they've heard the you lines. You can quote any line from Shrek too. That is true. And Shrek two, and Shrek, and Shrek two. the third, not Shrek the fourth. We don't talk about that one. Shrek Forever After, and actually, most people don't like Shrek the Third, even though we did like. We Shrek do, the Third. I think, mostly because it had just never like it Yeah, and you know, Eric Idle's in there. Absolutely, can never go wrong. Oh, also, let it be said that that um, what's his face, Antonio Banderas as Puss in Boots, is like like one of the greatest casting decisions of all time like it really came into focus for me when i saw puss in boots the last witch that like he is really really good at playing this character even if it's just like him kind of just doing his own voice like he gets it he's really funny i totally 100 percent agree with you antonio banderas kills the puss in boots i've not seen either of the puss in boots standalone movies but his energy brought to shrek 2 and and shrek 3 for that matter is so strong that like i mean it made it better yeah i mean it's good to one-up mike myers and eddie murphy with like the additional chemistry absolutely so and i was so anyway i just saw something else with it oh uh he was in the indiana jones movie the new one and dad didn't recognize him which killed me yeah, well, it, it like it took a second for me to process that it wasn't Pedro Pascal because like that seems <laughs> that seemed like more the move. 
but Antonio Banderas is the right age bracket where Pedro Pascal is like the new kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're as different in age as you might think. No, but... they're not. But like, if you think about the Indiana Jones people versus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's from. Yeah, he's from a previous generation. Yeah, for sure. Um, It just was sad that he wasn't in the movie as much as, you know, like. Absolutely. He is one of the biggest stars of like international, like outside, like of his own cinema. Yes. For some reason, like he's not the biggest star of American cinema, which he could be if he wanted to be. Oh, absolutely. Everything he's in, he kills. I mean, Spy Kids, iconic. And you have to, you have to see official competition, which was a movie, independent movie that came out one or two years ago, which is. I've heard of that one. Yeah. I've heard of that one. Probably from me. (laughs) Or the library. Um, so you want to talk about this song? Yeah. Well, first I think we should talk about like the, the, like the awkward entrance into the song that happened. So like yeah, Gabriella says like, starts. come over here and then we get like a hit of like the drum yeah. and then we start noticing like, wait, is a song happening right now? Were you expecting a song? I kind of like, actually I, I was kind of like, oh, they're on the roof. Like they're being kind of slow and intentional. Like this could be a moment where they do a Troy and Gabriella song. And then they did go into it, and I was like, uh, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. So I was explaining, Tyler asked me in the green room if this song was, like, just one another song from the soundtrack or if it was, like, popular. And it is it has an iconic moment in it, which is how I described it to him, although this first intro minute is not it. So people definitely... Even if maybe they don't remember the name of the song or anything or the melody, they they know the moment in the song. When we'll get to it, we'll talk about it. But um, so the song is called "Can I Have This Dance." We have new blood here. This is written by There's Adam. Blood. Yes. That's why they remember the song is because they get into a bloody fist <laughs> fight. Horrific violence for a PG <laughs> film. Uh, no, it's G, not just PG. We have new songwriters. It is written by Adam Anders and Nikki Anders and produced by Adam Anders and Rasmus Billy Bonke. There's an oolong. I, and it's H-N-C-K-E. So I'm not 100% on that, but um, we have some new folks contributing music. And it definitely does sound different than the other songs we've heard in this movie already. And other songs we've heard in the franchise for that matter so that's kind of cool for real though this movie is rated g oh it is straight up g that's a bummer not even pg (laughs) you say that's a bummer i mean like we don't even need parental guidance in this movie it's just general audiences yeah i've never like i get when they're like butt or fart jokes or something and that turns it to pg it's like yeah i guess but there are other times where i'm like why i think it's like like back in the day it was like there like had to be something in the movie that like that the censors didn't want kids to see mm-hmm. for them to make it p like pg was uh, obviously a wider category back then too or yeah. r and now it's really a sense of like, what age group is this movie for? And G is really for, if it's for ages six and below, it can be rated G. And if the target audience is anywhere Any above that, second grade, then yeah. it's just PG. Like, I 
don't know if you've seen this because you're not you don't follow theme park news as much as I do. And this is related, I promise. So Oogie Boogie Halloween Bash is just opened up in Disneyland and they've added a couple new villains this year. And one of them is Judge Doom from Two Framed Roger Rabbit. And his whole meet and greet area, well, it's like you walk up and like it's your trick or treat trail. So you like walk a couple switchbacks and he's performing on stage. He's dipping the shoe. <laughs> and the shoe looks re- like it's a it's a 3D prop that he is picking up with his scary gloves and he's dipping in the dip bucket. And it's terrifying. And does he get like a new shoe every time? I think so. Like, you you hear him digging around. Like, I've only seen the clip, like, a couple of times kind of thing. Like, obviously, if I've not been, so I don't know, like, what the ro- full rotation is. But he, like, digs a shoe out, and then he, like, does the dip, and then he does the creepy, like, flick of the hands to get the dip <laughs> off of him. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> and it's so good and so scary. It's so well lit, and, like, the music is really good, and the actor who is doing him is doing a fantastic impression. It's so good, um, and it's also very scary. But we're and also... how does this relate to High School Musical 3? <laughs> um, it related to the rating. We were just talking about ratings. And oh, how because, Roger Rabbit because was who one framed of the... Roger Rabbit is too scary for kids. Well, who framed Roger Rabbit kind of pushed the ledge into like, hey, we should maybe have a PG-13. Well, traditionally, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, speaking of Indiana Jones, yeah, um, Indiana is the movie jo- cited for that. Yeah, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, who framed Roger Rabbit are kind of the big three. Well, no, because Jurassic Park was later. Jurassic Park was 93. But I think that one's still PG. Uh, no, it's PG-13. It, okay, so maybe just right in there, because Temple of Doom and Who From Dreader Rabbit came out right around the same time, so. Yeah, like 86. 88, yeah. Yeah, okay. I lo- anyway. I lo- so they they start their dancing, and Gabriella and Troy do literal lyrics, which I can, I'm okay with sometimes, but not often. Um, so Gabriella starts with Take My Hand, she holds out her hand and Troy grabs it. Take a breath and you just get the shot of Troy taking one of those exaggerated deep breaths. And it's like, dude, this is when I don't like literal lyrics. I I actually I actually was on the other end of this. I I I was more of a fan of the the literal lyrics. Um specifically the 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 next line, pull me close and take one step, which they do and then and then we get a a camera shot of their feet moving. And then she says, keep your eyes locked on mine. And then we jump back up to their their heads. And, and Troy's like, been oh, looking like, that's down. Stuff. Like, we're going through, like, we're going through this emotional process, this mental process with them. And that, that to me, is good filmmaking. No, I thought, I, I think just the deep, the take, like, take a breath. Okay. The exaggerated breath. That always, like, irks me for some reason. It, it didn't, it didn't jump out to me as, a, as over the top, but. But I do like the the camera pan. I like Gabriella's guidance throughout all of this, and then it turns into let the music be your guide. Yeah, I was no gonna conscious say. is involved here. Um, but Gabriella, the one thing that got me, other than the take a breath, was Gabriella has a really weird, like, fastening for her dress. Like there should be like a hole, but it's like 
it's not a zipper and it's not buttons and like it on just, the back of her dress on, her, on the back of her dress yeah because we see that her back because she guides troy's hand to where it's meant to be kind of thing yeah and it just distracted me i don't know why i don't spend a lot of time thinking about dress structure so i'm gonna defer to you on this one thank you i got nothing beyond that though and then <laughs> so troy sings and then gabriella joins in won't you promise me that you'll never forget we'll keep dancing wherever we go next which is like a cute sentiment we've been talking about how we're not sure if they have intentions of staying together past high school what they want to do in general yeah. like troy's stuck in general but there's this kind of desire for them to some extent that they they find comfort in each other overall what i appreciate about this song mm-hmm. is that it's in three four which obviously it's got to be because they were just talking a about waltz. a waltz so i love you know any song that's in three four gets an automatic like extra point in the box for me love it when a song's in three four or six eight or whatever any any unit of three i'm happy with what happens when they get into the won't you promise me that you'll never forget we'll keep dancing um which is not the notes but yeah <laughs> um is that it just starts it, it immediately starts to sound like every other troy and gabriella song that we've ever heard even the one that we got earlier in this movie yes and no i think this one is a little more dynamic you know like they don't usually stagger their lines in the way they're doing right now and while uh, they do I join together, kind of, that's kind of a thing that they do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't Either way, they're always singing and harmonizing. Like this well, is no, kind of their thing. They're harmonizing, but like that one of them is coming in before the other, and it's it's not quite a, like a response, but there's like a tangent to use a different yeah. kind of artist like artistic phrasing. Yeah, there's 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 subtle differencing between singing together and singing back and forth and then that sort of mix between singing back and forth together. It, yeah. You're you're right that it, it, there's slight difference there, but my personal opinion is it still just sounds like every Troy and Gabriella song, which is weird because it's written by a different person according to you. I mean, it is. So so this person successfully made it sound like it was written by these other people, so it feels like a high school musical song. Here's my problem with it. You know, I said that was my problem. This is my real problem. My thought is at this point in the movie, Troy and Gabriella should be singing the song that was written by Kelsey. We're a half hour in. They've already had their own solo song right here, right now. Yeah, but the problem is Kelsey also just got told. <laughs> like, yeah, but realistically, but she, does she have music? She pre-writes songs and then just then smushes them into the movie. Like, That's fair. Yeah, I but, don't... I'm not necessarily upset that it's not a Kelsey song right now, though. I think for right here, right now is fine. But I think this song does more for like that was much more of like an establishing song where this song is exploring kind of some of those questions that we did have when they were singing right here, right now, that it is more future forward and they're considering there there's immediacy but it's also more more future i'm i'm just sticking with future forward here yeah i think you were saying similar things about right here right now you're like 
it's about their characters. And I was like, it's not really about anything. They're just kind of singing for the sake of singing. And I will add on that this song does feel like, let's put a musical number here. That would be nice. And it doesn't particularly feel like it's advancing the plot that much. So, yes, if you have a musical number and it it can have its cake, like it can earn its plate at the table by being good. And we haven't seen enough of it. So I'm not going to like totally discredit it yet. But it does like we did just get off of a song and now we're in another song. And I feel like both right here, right now, and Can I Have This Dance did not necessarily both need to be in the movie. If we're also going to be presumably getting another Troy and Gabriella duet later in the context of a play, at least one. But I guess in the first movie, they had the song at the beginning and then they sang It's Hard to Believe That I Couldn't Sneeze. It's hard to believe that I couldn't sneeze see next and then at the end they got another song so you need at least three troy and gabriella songs so maybe they're just checking it checking it off the list but i preferred if it was a kelsey song okay well we'll get plenty of other kelsey songs i'll give you that we get lots of other kelsey songs what if kelsey was just like also on the roof like there they Playing are the piano? my two crushes dancing together again <laughs> <laughs> I would love that, but also it would give such a sinister vibe. <laughs> How do you turn this movie into a horror movie is basically what you've just proposed. So they start this kind of, they're going into the chorus, like catching lightning, the chances of finding someone like you, and they start doing these lifts. And it's like a straight up, like Troy is using his wrists there. Like he is just pushing her up. And her landings must be killing her feet because she's land- she's in heels, like kind of strappy heels, not even like secure dancing heels. And she is just like landing, which is wild. Yeah, she does like the putting her right leg up in the triangle. So because that's like part of the dance form when you do the lift. Yeah. Um, the, the the real wild thing is like they, they, they just do two lifts right in a row, which like I guess if you can do them, then yeah. But, yeah, and they're also on a roof, which is like not an ideal like drilled choreography dance setting. No, but you do. You were speculating because we went back into High School Musical and looked at the rooftop scene, and we kind of see an extension of the roof, but they've clearly built out, so maybe the floor is a little better for dancing. No, I think this is the roof of the the school. Like no, it- we. we- and it, I think it was also there in the first movie. They just didn't want to shoot like this big, ugly tarmac rooftop because. Oh, so that, when you're saying they, they built it out, they added the plants and stuff to make it look nicer. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I, the, they specifically okay. built up the structure to like give it more plants. But but when they do the rest of the roof, yes, some of these other plants are added. Like like I'm in the first movie, they probably just had like this little fort around the stairwell. And now they've done the whole roof out. Okay. With plants, but they didn't necessarily do the floor. Like, the roof has always been this big. Okay. Random other thing that you're going to hate me mentioning. Oh, no. Dance, dancing around on the rooftops reminded me specifically of... Of... Oh, no. Sunday School Musical. <laughs> okay, nope. I thought we were going to be going into West Side Story, so I'm fine with Sunday School Musical. I did not see Sunday School Musical other than the one minute we talked about. So go ahead, Tyler. What do we got? <laughs> There's a scene in Sunday School Musical where people are like arguing, singing on on like a rooftop. Yes, um, old West Side Story also like America is also sung on a rooftop, but that's 
this more of like a New York City rooftop. So it, you know, just the top of the building, people go to the roof, not like a random rooftop that doesn't necessarily feel like it was designed for people standing on, which is more like what this and the Sunday School Musical are. Okay. Well, were you gonna anyway. were you gonna say anything else about Sunday School Musical? I'm sorry, I cut you off by mentioning West. Side no, it Story. was just there's a scene of people dancing on, <laughs> walking around on a roof and slight like dancing and singing together. Now, did we? And you may not know this, and we can always cut this too. Did Sunday School Musical come out before all three of the High School Musicals came out? Do you remember? Um, I don't know, remember the specific year that Sunday School Musical come, came out. I'm looking it up right now, but I would imagine it came out closer to the first. High School Musical. It says 2008. Oh, boy. Now I need to look at the exact release date. Well, it's not like they were, they were also, if they were, if it was also 2008, like, they wouldn't have seen the, Yeah, it says one. October 21st, 2008. So. so, yeah, it's a little tight there. I don't think they exactly stole this from High School Musical Yeah, or they obviously weren't. It doesn't look that similar. It just, like, something about it reminded me of it. Like, no, definitely. I mean, it's. It's meant to be that way. I think what what happens with this song is the the first like stanza like the take my hand, take a breath like it's very slow and mm-hmm. you we're not really in the rhythm of the three four. It's just kind of like duh, duh, one two three one two like it's very like it's very lulled. But then yeah. when they get to the it's like catching lightning, the chances of finding like that's very good like meter of the songs of the one, yeah. two, three, one. like you could really feel it. And then, and then they wrote the words to match the meter. So like, I, I, I dig that part. Um, like it's pretty well written, like the, the musically, like it feels well written despite me being kind of tired of the Troy and Gabriella stuff. I like the three, four, <laughs> as I said before, <laughs> so easy to please. <laughs> well, <laughs> do you want to talk about something a little different? Not that we've stayed much on topic this whole minute, but yeah, let's do our next segment. Cue the music. What do you got for me today, Condra? Tyler, I want you to genreify and make a adaptation for a Disney Channel original movie. Okay. Or I want you to genreify an IP to make it a Disney Channel original movie, I should say. What do you got then? What is it? I want I want you to genreify the book Wonder by R.J. Palacio, <laughs> and I want it to be a fantasy, please. Okay. I want a good fantasy based on Wonder for Disney Channel. All uh, right. Do you need a Do you need a recap of Wonder? They uh, they did make a movie of Wonder they already did. with I, with Jacob yeah. Tremblay and Jennifer Garner, if I'm remembering yes. correctly. Yes, they did, but that was very stick to the book. So it's about stick to uh, the status quo. <laughs> stick to the status quo. All right. It's about a young boy who goes named to school Augie. named Augie, who goes to school for the very first time, goes to public school, and he's never gone to public school before because he has a illness that has caused his face to be disfigured i can't remember the exact illness i apologize um it's a genetic disorder basically that has caused his face to be less standard than what most people understand and he is very self-conscious about it but struggles to make friends there's lots of like talks about bullying and accepting yourself and 
family learning to accept different family members for their differences and it's family contemporary fiction kind of thing but middle grade focus so it's not like excessively hurtful my understanding is that Augie is like uh you know, I've been dealt a tough hand in life, but I'm so positive and nice that everyone likes me anyway. And Kind of. I think that's a face he puts on. There are some very vulnerable moments in the book where he's like, oh, this is really hard. Like, school is much harder than I thought. Like, I've had such a small world before that, yeah, I could be this super positive person. And now that my world's opened... It's a lot harder. Yeah, challenging to the way. perspective, and that is interesting. I mean, if you're gonna make it a fantasy movie, it's definitely a situation where like he is the chosen one, and his you know what he thought was a, a challenge or a disadvantage that he has is actually because he secretly has amazing abilities, and this is them manifesting in a way that is unexpected. Very Harry Potter like. I'm a freak. No, I'm actually amazing. So, um, I think, I think you you could like. I don't think it's it would be a like a space or like a fantasy world type thing. It's it's a it's a hidden fantasy world within our world, a la Hogwarts. I'm actually thinking about. Whew, this is a deep cut. the The book written by the uh, the 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 guy from Cinema Sins. It's called The Ables. And it's about <gasps> yeah. It's about a young man who is blind but has the power of telekinesis, and he has to learn how to, you know, combine um, his powers with other other kids' powers. And he gets it put into like the special education program yeah. at the superhero school that he goes to. And so I'm thinking it's something like that where <laughs> where Augie. Discovers that he gets to go to magical boy and girl school, a la Sky High or the Ables or Harry Potter, and well, now now it just feels derivative. But but I guess I guess I want I was I choosing, was secretly hoping that it was gonna be like kind of D and D classes where it was like like dwarf class put into a elven class school or something like that that was what i was secretly hoping you would do something like that i think but. like i think when you said put wander in fantasy it's like okay what version of fantasy is it going to be mm. okay and i think That's fair. like no i think realistic like fantasy a, is like a school like a school genre like that exists as a genre as a... like the hidden world within the world yeah and it's like oh your your disability is in the real world is your power in the magical world that yeah. you've been teased your whole life, but you're pulled, you're lifted up. And may, I, do you, what, like, see, the, 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 here's the thing. Does it become like, he's a shapeshifter and he can actually change his appearance. And I that's why like, like that. his body, like his, like, cause I'm imagining this as a sequel to wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all of wonder happens. But I think and then, then there's just a second movie where he becomes a superhero. <laughs> I don't like that as much because then it reduces some of the major points of like Augie overcoming intense health. Like his 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 relationship with his sister is strained because his sister knows so much of him as, oh, we're stuck at the hospital again, and Augie's going through surgery. Yeah. I'm stuck with Grandma. Like, that's why yeah, I don't... I mean... 
I think we're being reductionist either way. Yeah. <laughs> I think you already had me treading lightly here. I don't know what you want, wanted me to do with this, Condra. I just thought it would be a nice change. We haven't. It's hard to do middle school, middle grade books that haven't been adapted. We're running out of ones that you'll actually know. So I was like, oh, we can genreify one. That's always fun. I mean, the other version, and this is almost um, the like that episode of the Twilight Zone where the lady gets the face surgery, mm. where like he's a he's a, he's a human living on an alien planet, so like everyone thinks that he's weird and different, not because of this his like medical background, but because it's like a it's like a racism like allegory thing. Um, because he's from a different planet, from a different species. Or is he a lizard person? Fair. It could be that, too. He could be three lizards in a trench coat Absolutely. trying to go to human school. Um, no, I, I think the, the magic school with um, a, a chosen one-esque would make sense. I think it reduces some of the story of wonder, but y- you, know, you got to pick and choose your battle. To, we, I think we talked about fantasy and we talked about wonder. Perfect. And we nailed it. We do, we it's clear that we don't want to delve into this anymore at risk of undercutting the the very, very the very story. valuable meaningful story that is that novel. So yeah, yeah. If you haven't read Wonder, Wonder is an incredible book for anyone of any age. It is an incredible story about friendship and overcoming adversity and learning to be a kind human, which I think any anyone could enjoy two things yes. one tonight was when my local library was doing their movie screening of are you there god it's me margaret wild and i missed that i missed that for this no just kidding I, I already saw the movie so it doesn't matter I haven't uh, seen but it, it is yet, good so. and i thought about going two you know about this other movie that is still yet to come out where it's like a Nightbird. it's like a it's like a flashback to like it's like it's like a flashback, like World War II story about Nightbird. this. Nightbird by Nightbird. RJ Palacio. Okay, I thought you said Sniper, yeah. so I was like, what? No, Nightbird. And it's her newest, gra- uh, it's a graphic novel. It is beautiful. Okay, uh, but the, the movie's called like Nightbird, A Wonder Story. Yes, like, because it's written so by like, RJ Palacio. Like, how is this connected to Wonder? Is it just written by the same author or what? The, I So I've flipped through it. I haven't got to sit down and read it yet. I honestly can't keep the book in, which is wild to me that I can't keep the book in. But from what I understand, there's like a, oh, family connection to it. Like it's a, oh, my family member survived kind of thing. Like but the I, universes are connected. Like, I, yeah, I think it's something like that. I think the thing with that movie is like, I think it's one of those that was supposed to come out like maybe a year, a year and a half ago. And it like yeah. got pushed yeah. to like this holiday season, which is like, fine, good for them. It's Helen Mirren. I, I remember seeing a trailer for it like a long time ago and then seeing a trailer for it like maybe before I saw Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret or like something like that. I was like, yeah. wait a second, that movie never came out and now it's mm-hmm. back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was so surprised when the book came in because I was like, oh, it's RJ Palacio. I, it's probably going downstairs. And then I like was looking at it. I was like, oh, no, this is a teen book. So, but the movie seems to be more adult. So I don't, it's, it's an interesting. I think the, like any movie that's like based on like young adult fiction, like has that level of being like, it's for adults and kids. So yeah, like, like the book thief movie. Yeah, definitely. Which, Hunger which really, Games. which really 
fell through the cracks. I rem- I, oh, I don't absolutely. I don't remember, I remember it being bad, to, but I remember us going to see it. You were very excited. I had never read the book, and you were very excited about going to see it. Because I was 15, it. and I just read the book. Like, it was just good timing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've still never read it. I need to because it's a it's a required reading every year for the high school, so I need to read it. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like book adaptations that like come out and like are always available at your local library because the library always has like the DVD of a book. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently rented Doctor Sleep from the library because it's nice. based on Stephen King, so yep. they have it yep. at the library. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, my my teen DVD collection is very interesting because it's either based on a book or it's a Marvel. <laughs> it's basically it. Yeah. And I have Studio Ghibli. Anyway, Anyways. seems like we're done talking about oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, but support your local library. It's National Library Card Month. This podcast will come out in National Library Card Month. September is National Library Card Month. If you don't have a library card, go to your lo- local public library. Go get a library card. It's free. Do it. Support your library. Support books. The, the librarian will probably try to do everything in their power to get you the library card. They're not going to like argue against you and be like, nope, that mail's not good enough. It's not the DMV. No. We want you to get a library card. Libraries are the best kept secret in any community that should not be a secret. Also, most places you can make it online, too. So Yeah. But you should also visit your local public library because libraries are wonderful. Librarians are wonderful people. I'm not biased. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that was minute 32. That's two to the fifth power. And fantasy wonder... Until next time, you can find us on social media at Amateur Nerds on Instagram. And at Wildcat Minute on Tumblr. You can also send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know what your favorite Jacob Tremblay movie is. Is it Room? Is it Wonder? Surely there's one or two others. I don't remember. (laughs) Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler. We'll see you next time to find out if we can have this last dance. It's the last waltz. Can I have this dance? We'll find out if they have it. You can bet on it.